0: If you want to see the future of technology, listen to people who break boundaries with it. Criminals do that using tech to break the law. Artists also do that, thinking about the implications of technology in ways the rest of us may not. We're hearing from both in the days ahead, beginning with the science fiction visionary who talked with NPR's Laura Seidel.
1: Most tech entrepreneurs and scientists will tell you they want to change the world. And they have, but often in ways they never intended. I've wondered, why is it so hard for these people to imagine the full impact of their inventions?
2: My name is Vince Cerf.
1: Vince Cerf created the internet, really. When Cerf and his team were working on the internet in the early 1980s, they imagined a world where the best and brightest would have access to unlimited information, where scientists could share data across the globe and tackle the world's most vexing problems. As soon as they built the internet, Others saw its potential, too. In 1988, Surf went to the first conference for Internet companies.
2: I just stood there thinking, my God, somebody thinks they're going to make money out of the Internet.
1: Did it scare you at all when they decided to commercialize the Internet?
2: No, no, I was a big proponent of that. My friends in the community thought I was nuts. Why would you let the unwashed masses get access to the Internet? And I said, because I want everybody to take advantage of its capability.
1: Clearly, Surf is an optimist. That's what allowed him to dream big. But in retrospect, some of the decisions his team made seem hopelessly naive for a bunch of geniuses. They made it possible to surf the Internet anonymously. Unlike a telephone, you don't have a unique number that announces who you are. We know how that turned out. People with less lofty ambitions than Surf use that loophole for cybercrime, international espionage, online harassment.
2: And we have to cope with that. I mean, welcome to the real world.
1: Did you even have a clue that any of this other stuff would come along? Did it even dawn on you?
2: You Well, to be honest, no.
1: But as surf was creating the internet, someone else from a much less esteemed group was imagining its dark side with startling accuracy. Science fiction author William Gibson. In the early 1980s, Gibson was a struggling writer living in Seattle. He didn't even own a computer, but he'd heard about the
3: internet. And I was sitting with a yellow legal pad, trying to come up with trippy names for a new arena in which science fiction could be staged. The name he came up with? Cyberspace. A graphic representation of data abstracted from the banks of every computer in the human system unthinkable complexity, lines of light ranged in the non-space of the mind, clusters and constellations of data, like city lights, receding. Listen to that. He
1: understood the potential scale of it, all those computers connected together. That passage is from his breakout novel, Neuromancer, which came out in 1984. In Neuromancer, Gibson predicts that the Internet will be dominated by huge multinational corporations fighting off hackers. The main character is a washed-up criminal hacker who goes to work for an ex-military officer to regain his glory. And get this, the ex-military guy is deeply involved in cyber espionage between the U.S. and Russia. How was Gibson able to see what Cerf and others were blind to? Gibson says it's because he's always been fascinated by the way humans behave around technology.
3: I held off getting on the net for a decade, uh, deliberately, so that I would be able to watch people using it.
1: Gibson likes to tell a story about how TV changed New York City neighborhoods in the 1940s.
3: Fewer people set out on the stoops at night and talked to their neighbors. And it was because everyone was inside watching television. No one really noticed it at the time as a kind of epical event.
1: After years of covering Silicon Valley and speaking with brilliant inventors, Gibson's point was a revelation to me. Our tech entrepreneurs are focused almost exclusively on how their devices will be used by individuals, not how it will change society. They want to make things that are addictive and entertaining. That's why I started to take this other form of entertainment more seriously, science fiction. Take the Emmy award-winning dystopian Netflix drama, Black Mirror.
0: Charlie Brooker is the creator and writer. It's felt like tech companies have, for years, kind of just put stuff out there and they distance themselves from the effect of their product effectively by saying, oh, we're just, we're just offering a service.
1: Brooker considers each new technology more like an untested drug, waiting to launch us on a very bad trip. He tests it in the not-too-distant future. In one episode, a grieving woman signs up for a service that will recreate her deceased lover. It uses his social media accounts, email, YouTube. Hello? Hello. You sound just like
0: him. Almost creepy, isn't
1: it? Yes, it is creepy, especially because services like this are already being invented. Writers like Gibson and Brooker are examining so-called innovations and asking, is this really
0: what evolution looks like? is that it's a bit like we've suddenly all sprouted an extra limb and we don't quite know how to use it. And so we flail around and sort of knock the furniture over. We're learning how to use these things. And in the meantime, while we're learning how to use it, we're making mistakes.
1: Brooker is able to see the pitfalls with startling clarity. He says it's because he's very, very good
0: at worrying. I could scarcely have invented the shoe. You know, I'd be worrying that that would restrict your feet. Maybe there should be a council of very worried, naturally worried, worrisome people who, who look over a whole new technological developments and kind of rank them for potential harm.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad idea. But of course, we also need those brilliant optimists who charge forward with their vision. And we need those dystopian visionaries. Vince Cerf, the father of the internet, reads science fiction.
2: It's the mind-stretching practice of trying to think what the implications of technology will be that makes me enjoy science fiction.
1: The artists are the ones who recognize a fundamental truth. Human nature hasn't changed much since Shakespeare's time, no matter what fancy tools you give us. Laura Seidel, NPR News.